The three stories that I have are about a father and a son. The first one I want to look at is found in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And most of you, if not all of you, know this story. It's about Abraham and Isaac. Genesis chapter 22, starting with verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee in the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here, I, here am I, son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide Himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place with God, which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Amen. Wow, what a powerful story. A lot of visuals come to my mind. Here's a man who a long time ago was promised a son. 
And it didn't happen for many years. And finally, in his old age, a son was given to him by the name of Isaac. He used to play with that little boy. Have so much fun together. They used to run around, love each other, and enjoy each other's company. And then all of a sudden, one day God comes and says, Abraham, your son, Isaac, I want you to give him to me in a sacrifice. Can you imagine the shock on Abraham? The burden he must have had in his mind and in his heart. And here's Isaac, the little boy, just kind of ignorant of that. And so Abraham began to prepare to go to the mountain and to worship God, the Bible says. Abraham went to worship God. To me, that's not a worship service when I'm taking my little boy to go sacrifice him on an altar. That's a funeral. But to Abraham, his focus was on God and it was on worshiping God. And that's all he was holding to at this time in his life, knowing that his son was at risk. Wow. We read the rest of the story. Let me tell you another story. Another father story. There was an older gentleman, father, walking with his boy. And the young boy turned to his father and said, Father, when will I be revived and become a Christian? When will revival come? And the father said, Son, do you see that river over there? Go look in the river. And the young man walked over to the river and looked in and said, Father, I don't see anything. His father said, Look a little closer. As the boy leaned over to look in, the father grabbed the boy's head and stuck him under the water. Shocked, the boy's under the water and what's going on here? And the father kept holding him down. And all of a sudden, he got nervous and scared and he started to fight. He wanted to get up out of the water and the father wouldn't let him go. And the boy was under the water and he was almost at the point of passing out. And the father pulled him up. The kid said, Dad, what are you doing? The father said, Son, you'll be revived when you want God as much as you wanted air. Our theme this year is Thou Wilt Revive Me. And statistically speaking, most people in this room haven't even committed to the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. So I've, I want to kind of adjust our thinking just a little bit. When will you become a Christian? When are you going to wake up to what God has planned for you? When are you going to get life Real life, abundant life. It's going to happen when you want God as much as you want the air that you breathe. What do these two father-son relationships have in common? The first thing that I see is this is it's horrible. Why would a father take his son and dunk him under the water and threaten his son like that? Why would Abraham take his son up to the altar and lay him there and, and he's ready to slay him? 
That's a horrible, horrible picture that the Bible gives. And frankly, that the little story that I gave is. It's kind of cruel for a father to treat a son that way. You know why it's there? You know why it's so cruel? Do you know why that story really sticks out in our mind? Do you know why there are a lot of questions about that whole situation? Even in my own heart and my, my mind, I'm like, God, would you do this to your man? Would you test him so greatly? The reason is, is because sin is so horrible. I know that's hard to swallow. We all seem like pretty good people. We're having a great time together. I'm not that bad of a person. But that's your and my thinking. That's not God's thinking. You see, God is absolutely holy, just, perfect, and righteous. He's not like what we think of our fathers. He's Billions and billions of times better. There is no fault in Him. And so sin, as little as it may be in your life, has separated you from a relationship with your Father, with God. The Bible says the soul that sins, it will die. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes all of us. The Bible says that we are condemned already. So that means in our present state, we are a condemned, sinful, separated person from God. Now, if that doesn't prick at your heart, big deal. The facts are the facts. If you've ever gone in front of a judge, he doesn't want to see your tears. He doesn't want to hear your good stories. He wants to hear the facts. And God is the righteous judge of all mankind. And He looks upon men as sinful, separated from Him. And that's the state you're in. That's why these stories seem so horrible. You see, Abraham was commanded to take up an offering. Once a year, blood was to be shed for the sins of the people. We read that in Exodus. And Abraham followed his God and worshipped his God. The second thing that I think is in common with these two stories, and I know you might be thinking, hey, you got another story. You're right, it's coming. It'll come at the end. The second thing that's in common with these two stories is there's a great salvation provided. For the little boy whose head was under the water, have any of you ever been dunked before? I really don't like that. I'll never forget the one time in school where we played Smear the Queer. Back in that day, it didn't mean what it means today. It just meant, you know, the strange person. But anyway, they all piled up on top of me, and I was underneath this pile, and I just really freaked out and got scared and started thrashing and got out of there and went on a rampage of punching people who was doing that. <laughs> Wasn't a pretty sight. Can you imagine being under the water 
I mean, you are absolutely prone. Your head is stuck under the water. Your father, someone who is much stronger than you, is holding you under the water. Can you imagine Isaac laying wood upon him? I'm sure that was a weight. Seeing his father's outstretched hand ready to to kill him. Sin is horrible. But there's a, the, the other thing is there's a great salvation. The father pulled the son out of the water. He rescued the boy. In Abraham's case, an angel came down and said, Abraham, stop. Stop. Don't do it. God will provide Himself a ram. As terrible as sin is, as far as it separates us from God, so is how great a salvation is offered to us. God pulls us up. We don't do it. We're helpless. We're prone on the altar. We're buried in the water. Baptized, right? And we're lifted up by God Himself. Thou wilt revive me is our theme. It's God Himself who comes down and picks us up. I've heard a lot of your testimonies and we hear about, you know, well, I was really trying this and I, I tried this and I'm trying, trying that. Forget it. It doesn't work. God's given His Word and He's lifted us up. and He's pulling us up out of the miry clay. All we've got to do is be submissive. I can't imagine Isaac saying, no, Dad, go ahead, swing the knife. I can't imagine that little boy when he came up for air, put me down again, Dad. It doesn't make sense. The idea is to respond in a positive way to God's offer. God's yanking us up. But we fight against God, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because sin has gotten a hold of us. All right. Third story. Third story. Go to Luke chapter 23. Another father and son. Luke chapter 23, verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children." For behold, the days are coming in in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two others, male factors, led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the male factors, one on the right hand, and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding. And the rulers also with him derided him, saying, He saved others. 
Let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which, was, which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Amen. Here's another father and son. This time the story ends a little different though, doesn't it? The boy died. a little different than the other two. Sin is a horrible thing. That's equal. The one centurion said, if you say, save us and yourselves. And the other one said, this man has done nothing amiss. He's done nothing wrong. The Bible says that Jesus became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Sin is horrible. That's the same in all three stories. One thing seems to be a little different. But that's just our perception. Jesus dies unlike the other two boys. The third element in our stories, all three, and it links all three, sin is horrible, there's a great salvation, and there are great blessings. Remember Abraham and Isaac? The Bible says, in Isaac, all the world will be blessed. Because Isaac lived through this process, the whole world was blessed. In our little story about the young man and the father, and he dunked his head and he pulled him back up, and the the father said, when you want God as much as you want air, that's when revival will come. There was a great salvation, but there was a great promise after that salvation. Jesus apparently doesn't make it through. But that's not the end of the story. And you know that. Three days in the grave. And he rises again. And once and for all, no more stories like Abraham and Lot. No more boys walking with their fathers anymore. Jesus was the final father-son story. And once and for all, He had victory over sin and salvation for us and future blessings are offered to you and to me because of what Christ did, went through, suffered, and then rose victorious. I want to tell you what, you think you're living now, you think you're alive now, are you enjoying life now? Good. 
But in Christ, life is much more abundant. And the life to come is offered in eternity with Him. Choose Christ. Read that story again. Believe it in faith. Accept what the Father has given. Receive Him into your heart and your mind and your soul. Give your life to Christ and the blessings here and in the future will come. Amen.